Hello, hello, this is Ray Gelato and this is Gelato's Parlor. Welcome, welcome into Gelato's Parlor. And uh, this is a, a little podcast where we talk about anything, but uh, we also talk about um, music, you know, because I'm a live musician and I've been a live musician for many, many years. And uh, I did promise we're going to have some special guests on the show. And uh, our special guest is very special today because we're actually uh, doing the little interview or rather conversation in the uh, foyer of the wonderful Hotel Chamarol in Denia, Spain. Because uh, I've just been doing a tour with this uh, gentleman and uh, we've been playing a two tenor saxophone uh, jazz concert, which is fantastic. And we've just recorded an album called With All Due Respect. So I thought I'd bring on uh, my friend, Enric Piedro, a wonderful tenor saxophone player who lives in Javier, Spain. And um, Enric uh, and I will have a little conversation about how we came about uh, doing this album and also how uh, you know it, it encouraged me to uh, become more of a, a jazz player rather than you know the doing the entertainment and the jump stuff so uh welcome to the show Enric how are you man fine I'm fine how are you good? Yeah, yeah everything good. good we've been having some fun these days playing together as always absolutely but what, what it's, it's been fantastic but what I really wanted to ask you on this thing was you know how did you first become aware of me as a, as a player because you know, I'm perceived more as an entertainer and a and a, a jump jive musician, which is great, and I've had a wonderful career doing that. But you know, in, deep in my heart, I, I'm a, a a tenor saxophone player, and I'm a, I'm a nut on the saxophone. So, what was your first recollections of it all? You know, well, I remember listening to one of your albums like some years ago and being surprised that you could cover so much ground. You know, like singing and playing so so nice tenor saxophone. I remember that one, which is that one who has Mouton Leg? The, 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 the one that has Mouton Leg is something, it's an album called Hey There. Yeah, yeah Hey There, you yes. know, yeah. And before that, I remember listening to you with the Chevalier Brothers, you know, that first album you did, and there yes. were some nice instrumental pieces back then. I remember thinking that, oh, this guy really can play saxophone, you know, and as a tenor sax player myself, I guess that I always paid more attention to your sax playing than to the vocals in some yes. way, you know? Well, you know, it's the same as me, because even though I'm a, a vocalist, I'm, I always listen more to the instrumentals of, of records yeah, that I like. Yeah. And the better, you, the better instrumentalist you become, I think the better your singing is, because it improves the phrasing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I became aware of, 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 of Enric, basically, when, uh, I, you know, on Facebook, the, the positive sides of it are you discover new talent. And I was looking, I saw picture of him playing this saxophone and I looked at the what what's this sax what's this mouthpiece and he's, this guy looks great man he's got a you know he, he wears a nice suit it looks fantastic and so I checked out the sound clips and, and I was knocked out by you because you you play you know in the way what I call the classic tenor saxophone style the, the pre-John yeah. Coltrane style of playing and taking guys like Coleman Hawkins and uh Lester Young, Illinois Jacket, and uh, I was knocked out with your style, you know. Oh, thank you, Mike. That's very kind of you. How did you sort of come about that that style of playing? Because it's 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 so unusual that, that guys like us really discover this because it's it's not in the mainstream. So yeah. how how do we come about it? You know. Well, I, I just started playing rhythm and blues, and I guess that it, I get into jazz by re reading the liner notes of that rhythm and blues vinyls, you know, and and just realizing who the these guys' influences, influences were, like Red Pryceoct and Sam Deman Taylor and Jack McVeer, they all talk about Hawkins, Webster, Bias. Yes. So that's, I became interested in them players, you know, very soon and since then. I mean, that's the language I feel comfortable with, you know, and I never have had any, any real need to play in any other style. No, because we no. always talk about playing what's in your heart, but it's funny because I came about it to discover these swing players that I play the same way from my dad's rock and roll record uh -huh. collection because 
you had people like Rudy Pompili yeah. with Bill Haley that was a real jazz yeah. player and Lee Allen with Fats Domino Allen, and Little yeah, Richard. Great, great player, yeah. But, but when you trace the lineage back, these guys were influenced by these swing players and they were they were actually jazz players playing yeah, the sessions. Yeah, yeah, playing the sessions. To, to yeah, make yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Johnson, for example, Absolutely. all of them were doing... Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink Panther, yeah. Curtis, you know, yeah. So, you know, on this podcast, it's a nice one because I've, I've been telling quite funny stories of being on the road. But it's nice <laughs> to do a, a, a semi-serious one about the, the music and what we really like. But... You, you know, as I've made my career more as, a, as, as an entertainer, and I still love to do that, um, but the trouble is, you see, the public don't often accept the fact that an artist wants to diversify. So you were the one that really encouraged me, you know, two or three years ago, some, for some reason, called, got in touch on Facebook with me and said, look, would you like to come out and do some jazz? And it led to the album with all due respect. So just have a yeah. little talk. But what, what, what happened, you know? Well, as I was telling you, I always felt about you as a jazz player. You know, to me, the vocals were kind of an added attraction, you know, just the, just the opposite as many people will think, you know, because people just like the vocals and think about the sax playing as an added attraction. That's right. Yeah. But no, I mean, listening to you over the years, you know, and, and listening to your solos, to me, it was clear that you were... A, a pure jazz player, and it became really apparent when we get together the very first time we played together. I mean, if you remember, we rehearsed like 50 minutes in the, in right. the backstage, you know? Backstage, and outside. We were ready, and we were ready to go, yeah. you know? We could play tunes like Robin's Nest or The King or, well, all them tunes that belong to the, the, the style, the players we like. And, yes. And with no rehearsal, it was really perfectly... We immediately had a... Kind of musical brotherhood yeah with, with, with it but the, the the thing is it was so nice because the the album we've just got out is called with all due respect and the reason enric and i called it that well it's actually called with all due respect a toast to the tenor sax masters we're talking people like coleman hawkins the great arnett cobb from texas charlie ventura really great italian american player and enric and i really felt that these guys were forgotten heroes and we the, the more we started to work together we thought Let's, you know, he was, you know, Henrik was the one that really encouraged me to do this recording and uh, kind of believed in my ability as a player because I, I don't think I've had the confidence really to lay a jazz album down before. So just explain a bit about the album and how we recorded it and th this kind of thing, you know, and the concept, you know. Yeah, well, I think that some, something very interesting about the album is that all the tunes are composed by the tenor sax players we like. Yes. And some of them were not really composers, you know, but all of them wrote some tunes, mainly heads about, uh, yeah. based on other tunes, you know. So we have tunes by Charlie Ventura, Coleman Hawkins, Ben Webster, original, original tunes yeah. wrote by them. You know? And they're not easy tunes either. No, they're not you know, easy they're not, tunes, you know. This isn't, I'm not being funny, but it's not ABC. It, it's not, it, these are things with difficult changes, so you you got to know the stuff, but... Uh, yeah, you know, and... and even all the arrangements, we, we've done that, like, mainly on stage. I, I didn't remember that we ever had a rehearsal with the band. I mean, it's been no. quite old school, <laughs> old school in meaning that, I mean, it came out so, so naturally, you know. You know, the only, this for the listeners, really, because the only rehearsals that Enric have ever, <laughs> I'd ever had have been, you know, 10 minutes here in the dressing room, t uh, t five minutes backstage, yeah. and somehow we've put it together with a little, we do a little bit of two-part harmony on it, and... Uh, <laughs> There's no vocals on the album. We did a pure, a pure jazz album, and uh, but just explain a bit about how we record. What you, you know, we went to that studio, with the studio, yeah, the studio, and I think we're not really aware about how old school we are in the in the sense that we go there and we play like a like a live jazz gig. We just recorded it, exactly. because, 
And I became aware when, when the sound guys told me at the studio, told me, oh, if all the bands recorded like this, I would be out of business in no time because it took like, money. <laughs> yeah, because it took like five hours to record the, the whole thing. We went there, we said everything. We, if you remember, we recorded like 12 till 2 in the morning, then we have lunch, yes. very nice lunch. And then yeah. afterwards we do the ballads, we do a couple of hours more. And yeah. by six o'clock in the evening, we were done. We were five hours. We, we really, you know, believed with the album in, in putting it down live. And it was done in, we did 14 tracks in a day. Yeah, I think we didn't yeah. use every yeah, single yeah. track. But um, that pressure almost makes you play better because you're not overthinking. And when you consider, Enric, the pop bands, when they oh, say it's, yeah. we've been doing an album, how long have you been doing? A year. A year. <laughs> yeah, a year. year. They, they go to three different studios, you know. Oh, yeah, the Bahamas. Yeah, in the Bahamas or <laughs> whatever, yeah. They have like 20 different guests, you know. Yeah, what yeah, what yeah, the hell is that? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't really know, you know. So we, we, we did it the way it was done in the, yeah. uh, back in we, the day. We know? did it old school, because when you read about the people we like, and, and we're talking about even away from the, the known jazz people, people like Frank Sinatra yeah. or Tony Bennett, apparently they, they used to, well, still, Bennett, I think, still hates overdubbing. These, these are people that want to do it in two or three takes, you know. Yeah. And the same thing. And, and there's, a, there's a feeling you get, isn't there, from doing it live? Yeah, well, it, it, I think it's the more honest, way to do it, you know, and it's that way you're offering people, you know, what you really do. I mean, it's no fake, there's no overdubs and there's no, I mean, there's no you trying to make yourself sound like you don't really sound in a live situation, you know, so that a lot of people does, you know, especially even, even when playing jazz, you know, they have, they record the same solo over and over, you know, until it's perfect. That's you know? right. But it's not the kind of solo that they really play in a live situation, no. so. We, we really didn't want to go for perfection, although the album's pretty tight, but I'm, I'm very pleased with it. And uh, say it's called With All Due Respect, and a, a little plug, you'll be able to buy it from my <laughs> website, www.rangelato.com. And where, where can they buy from you, mate? Well, they can buy from my from my website, which is www.enripedro.com, okay. sorry. And, and also it's available in all the digital platforms, yeah. you know, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, you know, they can what, what, buy it over there. What I'm amazed about is when we put it up on social media, the, the jazz album, people who are fans of mine, um, you know, who I wouldn't think would go for that usually, it, it, have been showing it so much interest. And it's sometimes I underestimate my own public because people, I think these days they are more open. They don't expect you to be pigeonholed in one thing anymore. Yeah, you know? I think it's... Because when we play live, we're surprised about how good is the, the people react reaction, you know, because we're playing kind of a, it's a saxophone. No, it's not a battle, you know, because sometimes... It's uh, a conversation. Even, even promoters like to market yeah. it as a battle, but it's yeah. a kind of a conversation, but it's a really uh, sax thing, you know, and as long as you entertain them, you know, it's... Uh, it's great, it's right. you know. Well, look at la last night, you know, we were just saying that we were playing in, uh, in Valencia in a club, beautiful little club, and uh, there were some rockabilly guys outside. Now, I get a bit of a following of some rocking people, which is great, you know, we welcome them for the Giants. And the guy come up to me outside and was asking, he says, Bonacera, you play Bonacera? I said, well, no, we don't. And then I go on stage a bit guilty, feeling, what do we do? You know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to compromise on the jazz gig. Yeah. This is, but did you see how they reacted towards yeah, yeah. the end? I mean, yeah. As long as you entertain them and you offer them something that it's nice and wholeness, you know, and yeah. natural, you know. They went crazy. Is happy. Yeah, they went crazy. They even were happy to listen to very slow ballads. With That's the, right. Like kind of old-fashioned ballads, you know. So 
And these are specialists, these people in their stuff. But anyway, look, it's been great to have the conversation with you. And uh, But check out Enric's stuff, Enric Piedro. Check out his own stuff because, uh, you know, this was not only is my a great friend of mine, but Enric is a wonderful sax player. And it's a pleasure to work with you, mate. Thanks for coming on the Gelato's Parlour, Thank man. you very much, mate. <laughs> Take care, we'll buddy. Very soon. You've been listening to Gelato's Parlor, and we really hope you enjoyed this little conversation with Enric Piedro, and we'll see you soon. That's right. I hope my English is